Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about quite a few different things. We're going to be talking about the possibility of adding um, sports into Disney Plus. We're going to be talking about the House of Disney Plus promotion that they're running right across um, Europe. We'll also be talking about more launches of Disney Plus, and we're also going to be sharing our thoughts on Ice Age, the Adventures of Buckwild, the Book of Boba Fett, and I'll also be sharing my thoughts on the upcoming Hulu Star original. Pam and Tommy. So there we go. So a quick bit of housekeeping before we go any further. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe. You can find us here on YouTube. And as of today, we just went over the 60,000 subscribers. So a huge thank you to everyone that subscribed here on YouTube. And also you can find us on all the podcast platforms as well, because um, just as many people um, listen to us over there. Um, before we go any further, you can become a Patreon or YouTube channel member to help support us, which helps pay for all the hosting fees and all the bits and pieces. So a big thank you to Sarah, Andrew, Elliot, Jacob, Caleb, Red Marsman, Aerogy, Andrew, Cody, Darren, and Lauren. And then over on the YouTube, a big thank you to Jay Blue, Dana, Ricky, Dave, Adam, Mahad. We've also got Ben, Raphael, my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. Thank you very much for all of your support. Um, yeah, it just make, makes a massive impact. Um, quick note to say, there is no live Q&A this coming Sunday on the YouTube channel. There's going to be a pre-recorded one because I'm having a couple of days off. Um, yeah, so it's going to be going to be good. So, but we've got lots to talk about. A lot of stuff I didn't imagine we'd be talking about this time last week. A lot of a lot of news, a lot of great stuff. I'm going to start off with a fun one. That's definitely a big one. Um, Percy Jackson has now been officially greenlit. Um, Uncle Rick went on to. Uh, internet this week and confirmed that the series is now underway and i believe it's set to come in i think next year but they've, they've been doing a lot of casting loads of bits and pieces and they're going to be using like not necessarily the volume that they use for the mandalorian but they, they also tend to use um i think i'm using technology like that but well yeah what do you think about um sort of parity jackson officially happening and it's good to finally have the official news i mean we've been following this one for a very long time mm. uh Mostly through updates from the author. Uh, yeah, he's really uh, good at that. Complaining about the original movies and saying how much better this uh, process has been mm. so far. Disney actually seems to be listening. We'll hope that that maintains uh, the way they do things. It's, I, if they if they mess it up with him again, I don't think we'll ever see another shot at it because this is this yeah, is his second run yeah. through, and it's a lot of time. I mean, it's kind of strange because I mean they first announced was back at the Investors Day. Um, I mean, now we're talking, what, 14 months ago? I mean, and he's been working really hard. I mean, he's doing other TV series and movies um, for Disney Plus and Netflix and stuff. But there's a lot of work going on. And it shows you how much work goes in beforehand. And on one hand, finding out, you know, announcing stuff in advance and being open about everything is great. He's keeping, I think he's helping keeping expectations, right? Especially with a younger audience. I think that's a key thing that he's doing. Because um, I think there's a lot of kind of thing. a new series is coming. Yeah, when's it coming? Tomorrow? The, ne- the day after? Mm-hmm. The day after that? Like, no, no, yeah, we haven't even got the script. Yeah, but it'll be ready by next week. <laughs> and it's like, no, he's being very, and I think that's good with a younger audience, being very transparent with them about how long the process is going to take. I think that's just good in general, too. Mm. People have very odd expectations on how long it takes to create a television yeah. show or a movie. And uh, you, know, you announce something and People are like, where is it? It's two years later. It's like, no, we're, we're still working on it, especially if it's an FX heavy show, yeah. which I imagine Peter Jackson probably will be, uh, at least in terms of the age range it's looking at. It's also, I mean, it's like uh, like The Mandalorian season three. I've had some people go, well, well, why can't we have that after the book of Boba Fett? Well, they're still filming it. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a good thing. I know I can turn around these podcasts in about an hour or so, but the it's a little bit tricky. They can't do it all live. <laughs> Just do it. You you don't have to do CGI fight scenes between the Razor Crest. You don't have to add in. Uh, well, like, if, if I did, yeah, to get it done in an hour, all you're going to have is a little bit of paper coming up in front of some cardboard cutouts. I mean, that um, that, that could be entertaining, but yes, the... I'm doing the new Superman movie. There we go. <laughs> I would do the Superman song, but we'd get a copyright strike. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's good. I'm really looking forward to this. This is exactly what I think Disney Plus needs: some more um, fantasy stuff and just something fun that's not Marvel and Star Wars. We need more of this. And yeah, um, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. This one should be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and uh, I believe neither of us have ever read any of the books. I haven't seen the previous movies, so I'm coming in pretty blind on it. Well, I've never seen the movies either, and I've actually decided I'm deciding I'm going to come into this one blank. I've decided I've gone this long; it really isn't going to matter now. I might as well go in and be. (laughs) I'm just yeah, be completely like, okay, guys, this is your story. You're going to tell me and. It's you know I I and sometimes that helps because then you're not having preconceived notions of what it is. I I've tried to read the books a couple of times, but I have a hard time reading uh, stories written in first person. Which at least the the ones that I tried uh, were in that. But the concept is something that I really enjoy. You know, a, a lot of us really love those old mythological figures, and mm. and having this nice little follow on to that with apparently a very rich universe that people have have grown to love over the years it's a sprawling series i don't even know how many books there are there are tons of them so i think there's, there's, there's like five main core stories and i think the idea is if this first season is a success they want to turn like each book into a series there's a lot of spin-off books and well and like tie-ins and stuff but generally i think it's just just the five five movies is of five series um but yeah so this just looks like it's gonna be a good one yeah looking forward um, to it uh in Next week when it drops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We also got um. So we got a lot of sports stuff. Um. And I'm just I'm going to, I'm going to just slightly change up first in terms of Disney also announced this past week that they're going to be launching 42. Sorry, launching Disney Plus in 42 countries across Europe, uh, Middle East, and Africa this coming summer, and also in 11 11 more territories. So in around about 50 50 plus countries and places. So that's quite a lot of places. You know, you got like. As I said, uh, countries like um, South Africa, um, Morocco. You've also got um, sort of Kuwait. You've got Greece, Egypt, um, Bulgaria. No word yet on um, like Vietnam or Philippines because I know they're desperate to get it over there. But this is a big, this is going to be a big launch. I mean, we're really kind of, it feels like things are starting to kick up after the holidays have all kind of gone over. They're bringing new people in to run the place, new, new groups. And now getting ready for the you know the upcoming quarterly results and stuff. Um, but forty two countries will r- drastically increase the reach of Disney Plus globally. Yeah, uh, every country they can add is is more people, and I'd also hope that they'll start pulling uh, media from those places as well and and expanding them out as we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Obviously, they did not talk about that at all in this press yeah. release, as far as I know. But the more places they have it the more chances we have of expanding uh, the library with, mm. with content from whatever region they're in at. Yeah. There's not too yeah. much to say about it. Just yeah. we're, we're glad that more people will have access to it. Interestingly enough, it was confirmed in the press release that they're getting star, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting access to all of the general entertainment, which again, is just flowing out the idea of like, you know, they are drastically the rollout of Disney plus with, you know, including star and all those countries. You know, I mean, it's already outnumbering countries without Star, um, with Star, then without. But that's the kind of the standard version of Disney Plus now. Um, so we're definitely seeing a difference there. But also, like you say, you know, they're making this big content group for international content, and they're going to be making more. And hopefully, as well, now with that and Disney Plus being in more regions, we will hopefully start seeing much better global rollouts of content because it's like. The bigger it gets, the more of a juggernaut it's coming. It's like, okay, we just want to need to launch it globally rather than having like, you know, if you're releasing stuff all over the place, the more countries there are, the harder that gets. You know, you want to get more things interconnected and stuff. And also, if you're in one of the countries that hasn't come to it yet, like you mentioned, um, Vietnam and the Philippines over there, uh, it's it's got to be frustrating in the be like, oh, we've got these 41, 42 new countries getting it, but why aren't we? Yes. Let's just the only thing, let's get it yeah. wrapped up. <laughs> the only thing with that one is, I mean, they're, they're planning, I think it was 160 plus countries by the end of like next year. And with these 41, it will only put them at maybe about 110 or so. So still a lot, a lot more countries to go, but it's a massive expansion, which will really help keep shareholders happy because the, the numbers are going to just continue to go up. Um, so that, this is, that's good news. I mean, just, just more people getting access to Disney Plus is great. Now, to tie in with that one, then, we've got a little bit of sports news. And now, generally, sports is something that, you know, we've not really spoke about too much. Um, and it's not really been high on our radar. And But we've had multiple stories this week regarding um, sporting stuff. So up first, 
Um, here in the United Kingdom, and I'm going to bring this one up first off, um, just to give you guys an idea, especially internationally stuff. So obviously, if you're on the audio version, you I will explain what's going on. So here on uh, Disney Plus here in the UK, we have got a lot. We've got a little sports documentary section. And in here, we have got a mass amount of ESPN documentaries. And also some star ones like that one word, Fyanoid. So you've got loads of different things here. So you've got American football, basketball, um, and wrestling, all kinds of bits and pieces of NHL. And they're adding, they've been adding new like ESPN doc documentaries constantly. I mean, I think just this week here on Friday in the UK, we got uh, like Playing for the Mob, Trojan War, um, Young Towns Boys, and The Book of Manning. So we got a few this week even just in the UK and Australia and New Zealand are set to get a load of those documentaries in the coming weeks ahead. But what was really interesting and a complete random surprise was when um, free dropped into the, in, onto the United States. Now that was a definitely um, a bit of a different one. You know, we're not used to seeing ESPN in, in there. They got um, Dion's double play, the book of Manning and also four falls of Buffalo. Um, yeah, sports sports content and documentaries dropping in on Disney Plus in the United States was not on my bingo card for the week. Um, obviously, you've got um, the Super Bowl coming up, so they might. They, you know, I think those ones are interconnected with them. I'll be honest; I didn't realize that until a few people had mentioned it because it's like I, yeah, don't know football or um, American football that much, other than playing Madden. And yeah, so it could just be a connection with the, the Super Bowl. So that could be one connection. Um, but then also um, we had um, a tweet um, at us this morning saying that, you know, there's some code or something going on with the site map on Disney Plus's website, which now is kind of going off to a ESPN event. Um, it doesn't go anywhere. It's nothing there. But it's similar to the technology that they've been using, or the links and stuff that they use on Star Plus in Latin America. So this is dress. I mean, I've literally just put together a a pretty big um, article and kind of opinion piece this morning about them testing. Um, so this one came through. Um, Houston. He sent over some information on his social media this weekend, and just adding in, you know, just just the idea of adding in live sports into Disney Plus. Not only that, the WWE officially announced that they've got a deal with Disney Plus Hotstar in Indonesia. And tonight, for us, um, they're going to be getting the first live event, which is the WWE Royal Rumble. And then they're going to be getting access to the weekly shows like SmackDown and NXT. And they'll be getting access to like future premium events like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, stuff. Now, I'm a, I am a big WWE fan. And this set a lot of people like going, well, hold on a minute. What, what's going on here? And even the big trades have been saying, you know, we're expecting more announcements regarding this stuff. And it's basically just this, this week of going, hold on, sports stuff into Disney Plus in the US, more stuff here, WWE in, in, in Indonesia, live sports, like some coding changes. There's some stuff going on. So what do you think of all of this stuff? I think it would make sense for Disney to be moving into that arena and neither of us are particularly big sports guys we've each, each got our yeah. our individual sport or two that we watch and then not much else in fact i i didn't realize the super bowl was happening uh until work came out and said uh we had a, a moratorium coming up on changes being made because of the super bowl weekend it's like oh, oh i guess that's coming all right mm. uh which is funny because it overlaps with the olympics moratorium that i already knew about yeah i don't know why you're calling this out specifically but okay <laughs> and so yeah, that that's the level that we're at. We're not saying that people shouldn't enjoy the Super Bowl or anything. It's just we yeah. don't we don't follow it. But I'm more interested in the trailers. <laughs> I, which I'll I watch the adverts, <laughs> which I'll watch on YouTube after the fact. Yeah. But um, but it would be very it would be a big mistake to write off sports. Sports are huge, whether it's you know, uh, Premiership football over on your side, American football on this side. Baseball, cricket in India, cricket, cricket, in uh, cricket in India. Is, I know more about cricket in India than I probably do about sport Super Bowl because I I have Indian coworkers and it's always something that they're talking about. Well, uh, it's, it's also just I mean even on like the quarterly results. I mean the Disney Chiefs uh, they talk about it in every that's that important to Disney Plus Hot Star in India. It gets brought up all the time of how important that is for them. It, cricket is, is huge and and um 
even moving slightly outside of what we think of traditional sports, like the F1 uh, Formula One racing has been huge, NASCAR over here. So if Disney can get those into their services live or otherwise, even, even just documentaries, uh, it brings in a lot of interesting content that people really do want to have. Now, if you can get the live content as well, you've got people turning on Disney plus or, or a star or whatever throughout the entire week, uh, just to watch these shows, starting with WWE and maybe moving on to the bigger stuff. That's a huge win for Disney. And I'm sure that they would love to expand this the way people are speculating. They want to. Well, I mean, from my point of view as well of like here in the UK, I mean, we've got hot star is still running. Um, you know, the, in the US, they closed it down. The sports went over to ESPN Plus and all the um, like Indian content went on to Hulu. Um, so it's still running here and they've got access to a lot of, lot of sport, cricket and esports, etc. We also still have ESPN Player, which is a streaming service which has like NCAA basketball, NHL games, the X games and a few bits and pieces. I mean, the fact that it's called ESPN Player and it covers the whole of the um, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And, and the countries vary depending on what they've got. Some of them have got basketball and baseball and stuff. Um, it's like, okay, so that's a big area with this really weird old-fashioned app that, you know, there's only got like a few thousand followers. It's like consolidation of these streaming services is going to be a key thing. There are some issues with ESPN legally. Um, we've kind of got problems, you know, like different countries have got different deals, like here in the UK, a deal with the um, BT Sports is coming up. There's issues in Canada. There's lots of little issues, but it really opens up the door that if they started going into sports, it could drastically um, change things. Now, I've been a bit like, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have been like, even with the WWE news, it was a bit like, well, that's why they got the Disney Plus Hotstar app, because it's got the live sports built in, but Disney Plus doesn't have it. Disney Plus doesn't have it all built in because it's not there. And that's why they've got Star Plus in Latin America, because they needed the sports stuff integrated in the app, which they couldn't do everywhere. And then it's like, the, the next day I said that, it's like, yeah, the stuff being found inside the coding. And I'm like, okay, things are really starting to unravel here. Um, and it's like, on one hand, it's like, I would have always thought, well, ESPN Plus would have made more sense to just launch globally. That would have made more sense. Keep it separate because it will keep the costs down. But then you're looking at what's happening with the other streamers. Amazon, um, Paramount Plus, Peacock, you know, they're all off. Uh, Discovery Plus will be bringing in like Euro uh, sports and stuff into HBO Max when that gets done. There's going to be sport in nearly every streamer. And suddenly then you're like, yes, yeah, if you want to have one house, one house of Disney Plus, <laughs> you're going to need content. And um, you've got all this stuff here. You're paying millions out on billions of money on sports licensing use it you know you're paying for this you might as well use it and yeah i i am under the illusion and i i would not be at all surprised it might not happen this year it might not happen this year but there's a we're seeing steps we're seeing steps of stuff rolling in and i i wouldn't be at all surprised it might not come next month it could be months away it could be a year away might not be happening until the um, Comcast and Hulu is sorted out, but there are steps being made. I can you can see it happening. You can see it un unraveling at the minute, and they want it to happen as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think consolidation is going to be the name of the game for the next couple of years. You mentioned the Hulu uh, discussion, and you know the ESPN app, uh, at least on the state side, has mm -hmm. always been kind of like the black sheep of yeah. the family. It's there. You can get the bundle that has all three of them, but otherwise tends to be forgotten quite a bit but if they can start pushing it if they can start getting more and more live events happening on that app uh, it raises the profile of the company quite a bit mm -hmm. and then they may want to move that app into uh the main disney plus app at some point i'm speculating there's no uh there's no information about that at the moment but but also i was going to say like unlike with hulu the espn stuff is actually probably easier for them to implement um especially like because it's um, you know they've got full control, you know they got full control of the US and, and it's quite cheap. I mean, ESPN Plus is not a huge expense. You know, it's like six seven dollars, and then they can do pay per view events. I know, like for UFC and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 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 there's a there's a big market here, and it's a different audience. Um, this is not a, you know this is a very different audience. I mean, I always think like to me, 
you know, when I'd go to Disney World and I'd see like the ESPN place at Broadwalk or the worldwide sport, the ESPN worldwide of sports, or even being in the middle of Times Square, and there used to be a, an ESPN stuff up on the window and bars and stuff. That all, and I think they've just closed down the one in Disneyland. I think they're renovating a new area there where the yeah, it's, it it was like over by the Earl of Sandwich and, yeah. and stuff, which I think that whole area is, yeah. is down at the moment. But yeah, so you know, the ESPN is a major brand, and had I think on one hand, had it you know, the WWE net announcement at the beginning of the week was one thing, the fact that they added free titles onto the US yesterday really just was like, oh. Okay, that's chain. You know, in the UK, you could say, "Well, they've got star," but it's like the US. Wow, that's a little bit of a shift. And I do think that you're right in speculating that's probably a bit to do with the Super Bowl, but it's mm. also kind of a test. Do these do all right on the Disney Plus platform? Mm. It, it, is Dad going to load up Disney Plus so he can watch the the Peyton Manning, or mm. I think it's the whole family uh, that that. Uh, that particular sports documentary, mm. things like that, or uh, was it wasted effort because he still thinks of it as the 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 app that you throw Frozen mm. to or Moana on yeah. for the little kid and, and keep them quiet for three hours? You're gonna, they are gonna need much more than free documentaries. They're gonna need to, you know, put some considerate effort into doing it. But yeah, I mean, it's suddenly, you know, the concept of a ESPN hub suddenly now like. That could be something. It might not. We could be completely going in the completely wrong direction. But if you'd asked me this a week ago, I wouldn't have believed the amount of stuff that's happened in the in the case of a week. Um, it just seemed a bit of a bit of a coincidence with how it's all working. Absolutely, uh, and hopefully it continues. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to get some more news about this and some official word on the plans, uh, and some more documentaries. Honestly, <laughs> they they have an incredible library of sports documentaries built up through the ESPN through all the mm. years, start bringing them over. Yeah. And also as well, it's, it's, it's got to be easy entertainment for them to add, isn't it? It's got to be um, just in general, just the idea of getting this kind of, it's, it's, it's not for kids. It's not in, you know, get this stuff in there. You know, I know you could be saying, well, if I want this, I'd go into ESPN. Yeah, it is. And I totally understand that. But Disney plus has to grow it can't stay as it is um, with all this competition. It, it just can't stay in um, baby mode in the US forever. <laughs> it, 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 it literally it can't because other things are going to start. You know, they're all going to start hitting that. You know, as you know, all these different streaming services are battery, and also as well, you can't have the rest of the world all doing something, and then just the US kind of sitting up here doing its own little thing indefinitely. In, yeah. At some point, yeah. I'm sure I could find plenty of people who would disagree <laughs> with that notion. Well, there is there's a I, lot. Of, yeah, there's, there's a lot. There is yes. a lot. But but honestly, I think the metrics probably show. You get the Hulu content in or the, the star content, and the retention rates stay up. The churn rate goes down. There will be people complaining because they want Disney Plus to be a specific way, but it it does yeah. seem like you, you grow more than you lose. And that's ultimately the only thing that really makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, we get, you know, I get comments and stuff. Um, we get a lot, you know, on YouTube, on social media and on like our Facebook group of some people wanting it just to stay. They're like, well, I can put my kid in front of it. It's like, yeah, but what other streaming services do that? None of the else is doing that system. And um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But yeah, so keep an eye out. We might not hear anything for months. We might not hear anything for years. But something's, something's happening. Something's moving around. It'll be interesting if we start getting more ESPN stuff dropping weekly or if it's just a one-off for the Super Bowl. Yeah. But, yeah, it's gonna get, we're going to have to take a punt on that one. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> um, either way, getting some more content on there would fill in some of those gaps that we were talking about in the you know, previous What's Coming mm. to Disney Plus uh recaps for like february and and we'll be talking march soon enough and it's mm. like yeah there's there's like there's two things dropping this week now well if they can start putting some some sports documentaries it it adds that little bit more content yes. which makes it feel a little more meatier yes um also this past week bob Iger was speaking at um with um, new york times and he did a, an interview it's actually really interesting it was about 50 minutes long he talked about a number of different subjects one of the things he talked about was the launch of Disney Plus, and one of the things they decided was, he said he got he woke up one day and was like, 
Um, so I'm just going to read this here to you. So he said, you know, we were selling all the or licensing all this stuff to Netflix and all the rest of it. And I woke up one day and thought, we're basically selling nuclear weapons technology to a third world country. And now they're using it against us. That's literally what I said. So we decided at the time that we would stop licensing to Netflix and do it ourselves. And it resulted in a substantial decrease in our revenue because we weaned ourselves off all of that licensing. But in thrust our but it thrust us into a business that is the most compelling growth engine in the media today. I mean, when you got Bob Iger, and now he's not part of Disney, he doesn't, he, he, he was being a little bit polite with some of the things he was saying, but he, he he's kind of, he's off, he's off the leash a little bit. And I've just thought, it's like, wow, comparing it to literally, here's, here's nuclear weapons and you're using it against us. I thought that's quite powerful wording, isn't it? Uh, I'd say it's a bit sensationalist wording, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, yeah, I read that quote and I'm like, there's a bit of an order of magnitude difference between these <laughs> scenarios here, but we get what you're going for. Um, and it's certainly something that a lot of companies have been looking at over the last, uh, let's say, decade, mm. give or take, uh, at least ever since Netflix started streaming, where, the, where we saw this explosion of other services coming out of it uh, and people going, well, why am I selling my product to Netflix when I could just make it myself and distribute it and lose and not have to pay those fees and, and not have to give Netflix their chunk and I can have my own. Of course, as many companies, including Disney have found out uh, you end up paying those fees anyway in, in other ways, because now you control the infrastructure and, and all that, but it does give them a lot more control over it. And I can see where, where, Bob, Bob Iger was coming from with this, and it explains the thought process mm. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, another thing he brought up during the event, or during this thing, is he said that, um, that basically COVID really had a massive impact on how the streaming services grew. Um, he said um, it accelerated a change in consumer behavior, um, which is that pre-COVID, there was a growth in these streaming services, but what COVID did is it forced people to stay in, and, it, and the people still wanted to be entertained so they figured out how to use basically um apps they got really comfortable with it not only did they like it they discovered that there was huge choice there's a tremendous amount of quality for everyone the good side for this is because of the technology allows more um, distribution and more consumption of the industry um and i kind of i like that kind of thing like yeah before the pandemic you know we knew what this you know we were using disney plus netflix or the rest of it but how many people weren't that found it you know i mean how many like I know like with my parents and my in-laws and stuff, you know, there was a kind of thing of like, you know, I think, yeah, like dad, you know, I logged him into Disney plus. Um, I think like with my in-laws, we got them in on Netflix. You know, it was that kind of thing of like, like you're, you're in, you're at home. You need to watch like, you know, why don't you try this out? And I would be, you know, you would be saying to people like to my parents, and so they're a different generation, you know, and we were all having, you know, group chats and stuff for saying, Oh, we've been watching, you know, Tiger King on Netflix. Watch that. You know, because we were all just at home all day. <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, it was like we couldn't go anywhere. We, we weren't going to work. We were, you know, and it was like, and and I'm just looking at like my friends and family and like of how much we were discussing shows that I don't know if you know. It made everyone step out their way out of the things and completely can understand how that growth just exploded during the. And then again, we're coming to the end of it, and people have changed habits. You know, we've had two years of this. It's like, well, yeah, I don't really need. You know, you've got used to it. You've gotten used to it. You've gotten used to the immediacy of it, not having to to set your DVR or anything like that. You know, my mom at least transitioned quite a bit to Netflix. I've mentioned it mm. plenty of times. Her her viewing habits have, have been interesting to watch, and uh, yeah, it it caused everything to accelerate. We, mm. We've all we've already been seeing the change from traditional uh, linear TV to streaming, and COVID just it you know, it, it lit an afterburner for how quickly. Mm. And it, I do occasionally wonder, uh, you know, we hear, we, we thought a lot about shows like Tiger King yeah. and the Queen's Gambit and uh, Squid Games and things like that. And would they have found quite as much success in normal situations or did they find a lot of it because people were just so hungry for content? That they, they were finding yeah. these things. And then, of course, these being quality content, the, the word of mouth just, you know, cause it to well, like, spread like a wildfire. Well, well, I know, like with Tiger King, that was definitely like a, a documentary like that probably would have caught attention because it was quite crazy. But obviously, that thing of like so many of us were locked in for the very first time ever. 
you know, it's like, right, do not go out. You're only allowed to go out to exercise. Was like, you know, you're, you know, some people were like, we'd never, maybe never sat at home so long and suddenly, you know, had that extra time. And yeah, like, I like Bob said, you know, people got used to the technology, but also tried stuff out that maybe they never would have done because um, they had that time and they maybe had that patience a little bit more going, well, I can try this out. I'll try that out. It doesn't matter. I've got nothing to do. And yeah, it's just accelerated it. I mean, obviously we're coming into that thing of, you know, with, a, with us changing the pandemic and stuff of how it's working, you know, we are, you know, habits have changed and it will slow down because there was a massive, I mean, Disney Plus literally launched like here in the Europe, like two weeks or like a week after the lockdown. You know, it was the perfect time to get the lockdown, you know, for, for a launch. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely interesting to just sort of hear, you know, you know, it, and he's gone and he's, you know, he's been very open about like how it's changed and also how Disney Plus has to change because he's, you know, he's been quite open about the fact that they are going to make some changes. They have to make some changes because it's all changed since they came up with this idea, you know, five, six years ago about Disney Plus. Yeah. And while he is saying that, that they, they do need to continue changing and they need to continue adapting and recognizing that that the world of media has changed very significantly in the last two years they also it, it is also worth pointing out that disney did pivot very well on this as well because they they could have gone into this and said okay we launched disney plus and now COVID's happening well disney plus is there that people can watch the mandalorian they can watch you know Def, jeff goldblum and things like that but they did recognize that this was an opportunity for them to add things. And they, they put frozen two on there right mm -hmm. away. They put onwards um, yeah. right away, which we all know they would not have done, uh, but they need, they wanted to give people an incentive. Mm -hmm. They wanted to give uh, people a reason to stick with Disney plus. And then we, we saw it all through last year of, of mm -hmm. movies coming to Disney plus far faster than we expected them ever to come to it. Yeah. Some of them skipping, uh, regular theatrical engagement entirely in favor mm. of just dropping out. I'm not even talking about yeah. like premiere access. I'm talking yeah. about like uh, Luca and mm. uh, the various Pixar movies. Well, I just want to, I'm going to bring up the here now and Canto. Um, it got revealed by uh, Nielsen charts. I mean, in its second, like in within like the first week it was on there, you know, it was watched by more people than the Netflix um, movie. Don't, don't look up. It's had on huge numbers over after between Christmas and New Year on Disney Plus, the number one movie on streaming in the US. And it's like, you know, because it was out 30 days and it's exploded. I mean, you know, we don't talk about Bruno is number one for us here in the UK on our music charts. Disney's never been number one in the music charts. And I think under us, uh, the under pressure one is coming up as well. It's blown up since it's been on Disney Plus. Because it's got on there quicker because, and they very quickly found out, kids shows dominate streaming and Disney are the prime company for this. And I know everyone, you know, they're like, Pixar keeps getting put on this. Like, it doesn't go, it's going on there because it's making us a ton of money. <laughs> <It's> well, like, <laughs> to be fair, they would make a ton more money yeah. if it did go to theaters, but it gets them a lot of positive mm -hmm. feedback, a lot of uh, very good word of mouth now, of course Encanto is not Pixar uh, Encanto yeah. was uh, regular Disney Studio animations and even that's still getting them a lot of good word of mouth mm -hmm. that that did have a theatrical release first yeah. but I mean I it, think in some ways like like you say it's it's just it has been an, it has been amazing of how Disney really pivoted maybe not quite I mean it has shown that their their system of being a little bit more picky worked better than HBO's plan you know Warner's because that kind of backfired completely yeah they also had the problem where when they launched hbo max they had the dc universe app going yeah. as well so a lot of the content that you really would have wanted on the hbo max like a lot of the the dc animated movies a lot of the dc uh, television shows weren't on hbo max because they were yeah. in the dc universe now that they, they've started to break that down i think like um the doom patrol and stuff like mm -hmm. that they're launching on hbo max and it's helped quite a bit but they much like Disney, fragmented mm -hmm. their own base by having these two different yeah. apps competing with each other. But mm -hmm. I think they also uh, made some interesting choices with uh, the movie releases. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. they've backed off on that since uh, you know the the restrictions are kind of going out. But 
when you had things like Dune launching mm-hmm. on here, or uh, I can't even remember what the other King, movies were. Uh, the King Kong head. one was one. Oh, the King uh, Kong. That's right. The um, Godzilla versus Kong, things like that. Uh, those are premium top quality movies. The things mm-hmm. that at the box office you would expect to make several hundred million dollars at mm-hmm. a minimum. Uh, and it, I think it did get them a lot of good press by having those on HBO Max day and date. Now, they annoyed a lot of directors, but uh, people at home who mm. couldn't get to the theaters definitely appreciated yeah. having top quality content. And HBO managed to get a lot of, you know, they did manage to get a big boost in subscribers with doing that. And um, Peacock went a little bit differently. They, I mean, they just announced... Um, you know, they, they made a loss on Peacock, and they've not really been able to fire up on all cylinders the same way. But yeah, no, it's just been it's just been an interesting thing with this whole like launch of all these streaming services. But they keep changing. Um, it looks like HBO Max and Discovery might go through in the summer of this year. So by the end of the year, you know, those two could end are going to look like they're likely to end up merging in together. Um, again, just more consolidation, making each app stronger with more content. Yeah, it's this uh, expansion and retraction period because mm-hmm. we had. For a long time, we had just Netflix, and then we had just Netflix and Hulu, and then we had uh, Peacock and Discovery and Disney Plus and HBO Max and uh, all of them. And now, now that they've all expanded out, they're retracting back into mm-hmm. to just these core services. It's funny because I was yeah I was having a discussion with my wife this morning when we were driving over to the beach, and it was that kind of thing of I was saying about like this this thing, and she goes, "Well, we can't you can't subscribe to Audible. You can't you know it's just not normal. You know, yeah, people might subscribe to three or four, but you're not going to go into six, seven, or eight. So you know you are going to see a big big shift, and I'm sure a lot of these smaller little ones are all getting slapped up. But there we go. So that's kind of the news portion of this week. We're going to do some reviews now. Um, so we're going to start off with the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild which was added to Disney Plus in a number of countries, the US, Latin America, um, Canada, right across, um, I think, Hong Kong and Asia got it as well. But in Europe and in Australia, it's coming on the 25th of March. Um, so just be aware of that one. But I have seen it. I, my review went up um, yesterday morning on the website, and now we're going to talk about it now. But James, did you watch it this weekend? Did I did. I, I watched it on Friday. Um, it certainly was a movie. Yes. I mean, it it's not a bad movie, but it's it's very clearly aimed at a very young audience. Uh, I, I'd say the range for this is probably between like seven and 12. And I might be being generous at that point. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Me and, my, me and my wife, we watched this one and it was a bit on the lines of like, as a movie, it was so generic, so average. Nothing really. The story was dull. The it is the kind of thing that this is a what I would have referred to as a straight to video movie. This was a cheap um, version of it. You know, only Simon Pegg came back. None of the other voices came back. The animation was all over the place. One one minute I'm there going, well, that actually animation looks pretty good. The fur and the stuff looks all right. And then the next minute, go, oh, the background doesn't even look like it matches up with like what you're watching. So that bugged me. I also got really bugged with the concept that the main dinosaur villain is the size of a squirrel. If the weasel and the and the you know the possums are fighting a, a dinosaur that doesn't that isn't any bigger than them, it's like well that's not a dinosaur. That's just a lizard. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's supposed to be a triceratops or, or at least from that family. They're not they're not small. It's it, and then it's like a, and then I started, I was thinking um, he's he's you know he's, he's got all these dinosaurs working for him and then it's like dawned on me they're the size of those little chicken things in in the Jurassic World. That's what I, <laughs> You know, the was it a Jurassic Park two? You know, like that's who he's the little ones running around. He's talking about T Rexes and I don't know. That just really bugged me. Like he took like the dinosaurs and just turned them into lizards. Except for the T Rex, the T Rex was still huge. Um, But the T Rex wasn't on his side. The T Rex was on the (laughs) other side. So, okay. Um, That said, I do think little kids are going to like this. The the humor is absolutely right up the alley for for people in the. eight to 12 ish range in fact there was points of the movie where i'm like i can absolutely hear my little niece or nephew retelling this story to me and and retelling the jokes because it's it's that kind of 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 joke that you know i could even hear it in the cadence of how the kids would tell it and just like uh yeah i i think 
if you've got a young kid, they will enjoy it. You yeah. will be bored out of your mind. That yeah. That's the problem. Unlike, say, Pixar, uh, which normally has humor for both adults and children, this is very strictly a kid's movie honestly if you if you're if you're if you haven't watched this or if you've not watched this go watch just dawn of the dinosaurs this is just a much better movie it's just a, a much better i it's it's hard it is like the kind of thing of, oh this is it's like i was I kind of got it was like when I, I think i gave it like two or two and a half out of five because it's just so average this it's like it's it's it just there was nothing here of just like that was exciting i you know some of the characters just made no sense i mean they introduced that girl I don't even know. I think, oh, she's a skunk. And it was just like... She's not a skunk. And her name is Z. Because she said it like 30 bajillion times. Well, she's a skunk because she did smell. Now, she it, they had that whole thing when she was first introduced. I can't remember what species right. this is. But it's it's an old variant of, of, yeah. of skunks. And she had a different color pattern as well. It was just it was just a bit on the lines of, you know, why did it, we didn't need her. It was just like, you know, oh yeah, we got a group together on because I know it's the whole thing of like Buck having to ask for help from a girl, you know, to help symbolize. And it was like, but it was just, a, I don't know, just a, a pointless character that just got added just to bulk out the, the film a bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It would have, it would have been maybe, and also the possums are just not a very likable characters, are they? Well, that's the core problem with the movie. I think it. it it's a movie about two very dumb characters. Literally, they. they they're just very stupid. And it is very difficult to write an interesting story about stupid characters. Now, you can think of a couple off the top of your head probably that have you know held up over a couple decades. But more often than not, when you tell a story about idiots, the, the movie is just not entertaining mm -hmm. at all. No. So, yeah, so that was, that's um, the Ice Age Adventures. Um, if you're an adult, don't bother. Just watch, watch them with the other Ice Age ones. Kids are going to like it because it's basic and simple. But this one's not got. I can't see this one having long legs. Um, you know, it's. I, and if the kids, they're probably going to end up going back to the originals eventually, anyway. Um, but yeah, so that one was that one. So we watched that one. Um, right. So let's now talk about it. Let's shift gears very, very, very differently. So now I'm going to talk about Pam and Tommy. So um, this is a brand new series. It's coming to Hulu in the United States on Wednesday with three episodes. Um, it's also coming to Star Plus in Latin America with three episodes. And on Disney Plus here in the UK, Canada, Australia, and around the world, it's going to be on there. So this brand new series, and then you're going to have new episodes dropping weekly. So I have seen the whole series. So, um, I, you know, and I've got to be this was one of quite, I would say, one of the most shocking series I've seen um, for a while, but also an extremely good series. This is a very, very interesting um one so let's take the whole aspect of the general thing is um pam and tommy's um, sex tape gets stolen and it's the aftermath of what happens with that with the legal cases what's happening within like the porn industry or how that gets adapted primarily is what is about the relationship of how it, what it causes for them between the two characters um what it causes for the person that stole the tape um, there's a whole thing as well. Um, there's a really awkward scene where like Pamela Anderson is being, um, she's basically having to go through, I don't think, can't think of it. She's basically having to confirm that every scene she's in with the tape is her. They don't call to Tommy into it. And they just, they sort of zone in on the idea that, you know, that she's sewed herself in, the, in like Playboy. So therefore she should be, this tape shouldn't be a problem. And it's like that thing of like where where does the consent come into this, and the, the differences for men and women, how it affects her career, the impact it has on the release of barbed wire, and like what her dreams are. Um, you know, there's a, like there's a miscarriage scene in here. There's also um, whole legal issues of what's going on, and like one of the episodes, the second episode in, um, is all about just like them getting together, how they got together, their relationship. Basically, they're making the tape. Um, so that's the, like episode two is the real kind of the real explicit one. Um, that's the one with, you know, where they're basically doing it. There's still a lot of, you know, they do, you, you know, they use the camera stuff a little bit. There's only one where there was a scene in here in uh, that is literally the most bizarre scene in the world with um, sort of Sebastian Stan playing Tommy. 
talking to his ambiguous. <laughs> it's just a, it like it's a, a, literally we're talking here at this point. It's about a CG as sausage party. It is we're in this zone of it is bonkers. Um, the good thing I think Disney are making a good decision with releasing three episodes at once because you can watch the first episode, which is really just about why the the guy stole the tape because Tommy's just awful to him. We get the second episode, which is them making the tape, and after, and then the third one is about them finding out about the tape when it gets out there. And in a, later episodes, just watching them dealing with the internet because they they didn't know what the internet was. You know, the concept of going, how does a website work? How do you get on it? Can you take this down? Can you delete this? You know, then having to go to a like a library, an internet cafe to go on because nobody knew what the internet was. The you got whole lot of issues with like the, the newspapers not running the story because they don't think and like the Jay Leno show not running the stories because it's an internet. It, it's it's they don't know what the internet is. It's so weird looking back on it now, you know, yes, like 17 years later of like not really, you know, of like how impact the internet had on it. It's it's an incredible, it's a really incredible series. It's, it is, you know, it is, I think it's NC-17, so it's not even, it's an 18 certificate here in the UK. It is explicit, you know. What, there's only really that one episode that's really, like, sexual. You'll get, and it's, it's weird to say, but you'll have scenes where, you know, they're walking through, like, a, a porn office, so there'll be, like, people having sex in the background. But it's off in the background, like, you just... And it is, it is a really strange, and it is such a weird, strange movie. It's, it's not comfortable viewing at all, but I've got to be honest, it is a really, really, the it's an interesting story, the development between the characters, the legal issues, um, the aftermath of it, the effect that it has on them all, um, the arguments between them all. Um, I mean, Pam and Tommy, the actual, you know, for Sebastian Stan, Lily James is just unrecognizable in this in this one. With the amount of makeup and prosthetics that she goes through, um, it is honestly, and I've got to say this: if you watch it, don't watch it with your kids around, but watch at least give it a go. Don't don't just write it off. Um, that second episode is, like I said, just be wary that it is a little bit. It's very racy, but once you get past that, it then goes back to what like the first episode's like. So if you like the first episode, that's what the rest of the series is. It is honestly, it it is it is going to be a people are going to love it. Um, there's gonna there's gonna be a there is gonna be a reaction to it. You've already seen it on social media of people kind of like going, "This is why is this on Disney?" Like, well, we've got The Walking Dead and we've got other shows. It's just this is the first show that's really pushing that boundary of what's on Disney Plus um, here in like in the UK and Canada and stuff. Um, yeah, it is. It is honestly a really good series, and it'll be rolling out. But I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it for the next eight weeks because I've already. It's that kind of thing. It doesn't really lean in on that. But honestly, it is a fantastic series. Um, was I? It was not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but yeah, it it was different, and it's certainly a different different thing for Disney Plus here in the UK. I can assure you. Um, just the way they're even marketing it, it's 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 just pushing that boundaries on what Disney Plus is, which I wanted to bring in um, after we've done this with a, a discussion before we go on to the Boba Fett of why they're doing this new campaign, which I think links up with this series. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't I have not seen it yet. I might give some thoughts on it next week when the first yeah. three episodes come available here. Uh, it is always interesting to see that difference between how people react to hyper-violent shows like The Walking mm -hmm. Dead and then hyper-sexualized shows mm -hmm. like this one. Is like they should be in the same category, or even the violence <laughs> should be in like a, a more yeah. uh like restrictive category, but we always treat the sexualized ones as higher. It even in Europe, where where generally it's more acceptable or or more open about things, you, you still like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they you know, it's that kind of thing. If they're not really, you know, they're not doing a scene by scene recreation of the of the tape, you know, they're not, it's not that level, you know, it's literally like a montage kind of thing and it, it's kind of done. But it is, it's, it's, it's certainly a series that is gonna grab some attention. Um, I know I, I, I ended up binging it over like three days. I know I had, I, we watched a couple episodes and like, right, I've got to get through it for the review. And it was like, I did like 
four episodes back to back because it was just like, okay, I want to know what happens. It was, and I doesn't happen very often for me. So it was like, you know, that's just the story element of, you know, you're not talking, you know, it, there's just so much about this. Seth Rogen is great in it. Now, I don't think I've ever said he's good in anything I've ever seen him in, but he actually comes in here. You feel sympathy for all of them. You know, um, you really feel it, it, it is a really, it's a very, it's the, the acting in it. It's great. The, this one is really going to push, push the boundaries of, of, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, all the all the trades, everyone that came out with the review when when the embargo broke on Wednesday, they all thought the same as me. It was amazing. To, of and I, people messaging me saying like, this is getting like rave reviews, which you know, and if you know, there's going to be some people that aren't going to like it, and you know, they feel like it, you know, but this is a really good series. And I would say. Um... If you kind of want an idea of what it's going to be like, check out Itania, the the movie from a couple of years ago, because it's by the same yeah. creative team. And it's, as near as I can tell from the trailers, it's got the same kind of tone to it. Although this is much more explicit than Itania. Yeah, was. honestly, um, definitely. I mean, in you know, watch that first episode. See how you if you get to the end of that first episode, and you feel like I this is interesting. I mean, primarily it's about, um, like I say, um, Seth Rogen's character. But there's, there's not really any sex stuff at all in the first episode. It's the second episode where, the, as I said, they recreate it. But it's like, you know, him, then, then Len running around trying to sell the tape and trying to get rid of the and trying to work out how to sell it and selling VHSs through the mail and using the... It's it's just... It's kind of interesting looking back on it as well from like the internet point of view of how much it's changed, how much entertainment's changed. It's, it is just a very a good series all around. It's just, like I said... A little bit explicit, in, especially in episode two. <laughs> and that right. leads, yeah. Moving on. That leads on to, like, and um, this is where I wanted to kind of bring into. So here in the UK, they're launching a brand new uh, brand new um, trailer. And it's called um, House of Disney Plus. So this is a new trailer, which basically is all about um, kind of giving us... Um, Things that you'd expect on Disney Plus and things that you wouldn't. So how this is, is you're getting like a trailer which shows you Pixar's Toy Story, which then leads straight into a scene then with them recreating The Kingsman. And then it flips over to like the Book of Boba Fett, and then it flips to The Walking, the Walking Dead. And it's all about that kind of flip between, you know, like what you'd expect and what you wouldn't expect from Disney Plus. And it's, they're going to be running the campaign right across Europe and beyond. And it is really an interesting idea of leaning in on the idea of like what, you know, that preconceived notion of what Disney Plus is internationally and what it actually has got on there. And, you know, just, and I thought that like watching the trailer was good. There also, there's a, um, advertising. I've seen some adverts on websites. There's also advertising in supermarkets, which basically pushing the Boba Fett and Walking Dead. Because here in the UK, we're getting you know new episodes later next month. And I really like in this whole kind of what you'd expect and what you wouldn't. And really pull, leaning in on that idea of that Disney Plus isn't, you know, unlike with Pam and Tommy, not what you're expecting to see on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, you, we shared some of those ads yeah. last week too. And I think it's a really good ad campaign. It's simple, straightforward, and catches your attention. Mm. Yeah, but I just thought that kind of leans in, I think, like I said, on this top Pam and Tommy stuff. because And also, it's funny as well with the internet, because obviously it spreads globally. Of like, There was a whole thing going, I saw loads and loads of stuff going on, like with the Lizzie McGuire pick on. Well, they canceled Lizzie McGuire, but they're putting Pam and Tommy on Disney+. Plus. It's like, yeah, but the Disney Plus of 2022 is very different from the Disney Plus of 2019. You know, and it's, it is a change. And yes, I do think had they made uh, Lizzie McGuire now, things might have been a little bit different. But it really, it's just changed so much. And I think, obviously, as well, like with the American point of view, a lot of Americans aren't familiar. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you hear us talking about this all the time. But there is a massive amount of people that have Disney Plus that still think of it as it is in the US, of very simplified and don't know what's going on internationally. Yeah. It, as always, it's important to remember that podcasts like this or, or the other, podcasts to cover disney plus or even hulu or netflix reach an audience so much smaller than the subscriber base for for any of these shows you know you've got literally millions of people watching disney plus and 
uh, while I'm very happy with our numbers and seeing them grow, it's like it's not millions. It's we're yeah. we're we're well below a million. Uh, so percentage wise, the vast majority of people watching these streaming services aren't really aware of what's going on with them, yeah. except what you see in the uh, what's new tab every week, yeah. right? And that's true yeah. of, of Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and all that. Although yeah. I do like that HBO Max has the entire tab uh, dedicated to coming soon stuff, which I wish more companies yes. would have. Yes, it would, it would be nice. But I mean, I don't know if they've, they've updated ours here in the UK yet. Um, they, they've added Predator and Predator 2. So we're getting them here in the UK in a couple of weeks. Um, which again, completely just this baffles. It just you know, like you say, you, you say you say the word predator and stuff coming, and you know, it still it still gets comments every day, every time I post something like that. Predator, <laughs> just, predator yeah. two, I sage Buck Wild. <laughs> they, they go they go together so well, right? Yes, and like I say, and um, yeah, it, it is one of those weird things. But let's now shift now over to the book of Boba Fett. So we got. Or as like I like to call it, the Mandalorian. Yeah, this, um, this was yeah. an excellent Mandalorian episode. Yes, I mean, what did you think of it? I yeah, it was a great Mandalorian episode. Uh, yeah. It it this that, and that's not even, <laughs> it's not even really being snarky though, because this is straight up a Mandalorian episode. It's got yeah. callbacks to the Mandalorian season. It's got uh, characters that only make sense if you've watched the Mandalorian now. Um, I do think it is a perfectly reasonable expectation for Disney to assume that people watching Book of Boba Fett have watched The Mandalorian. Unlike, you know, traditional media, it's sitting right there and yeah. um, there aren't that many episodes. I think the overlap of watchers between Mandalorian and yeah. Boba Fett is is going to be almost a straight circle if we're doing like a Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. But that said, this is a Mandalorian episode, and and to get ready for season three of Mandalorian, you have to watch this episode. It's just kind of like weird thing. Like if we were watching like um, Hawkeye, and then suddenly we had an entire episode just like dedicated to I don't know Ant Man or something. <laughs> just well, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, it'd be like if they did an entire episode dedicated to Kingpin, right? Yeah, uh, and not not like what you're thinking about where oh yeah half the episode is setting up the king no the entire episode is the kingpin like recapping or, or visiting characters from the daredevil series seeing what kingpin's been yeah. up to since the end of daredevil and while i would certainly love to have that episode just because i yeah. mean it, he's such a fun character and uh i want more of his his content it's like this is boba fett why it's, it's, it's amazing the reaction that this episode has had because it's that kind of thing of like i mean i mean like my dad was like oh this week's was so much better <laughs> just like like yeah because and the amount of people are kind of there going oh you know what was the problem with the boba fett show was wasn't it, it had boba fett in it <laughs> and they're just like of, of everyone just going this is what we wanted it felt like you know you it, it, it felt that weird thing of like sliding into your favorite spot on the couch and going, I oh, went back to what the decent stuff of, but I don't know, really st such a strong reaction from everyone. And going, ah, oh, yeah, we don't like Boba Fett, we like Mondo at Mando. <laughs> but see, I generally disagree with that interpretation. I know a lot of people have yeah. it, but the problem with Boba Fett is not Boba Fett, the problem with Boba Fett is not Fennec, it's not, um, you know, Black K or, or anything like that. The problem has been storytelling since yeah. the beginning. The story, the storytelling has been the problem. And, and you can go to the first episode with that whole parkour chase scene. You're just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. The idea of it is fine. The execution, not so much. Uh, the the Vespa chase in S episode three. Again, the idea is not bad. The execution is just, what are you doing? Whereas this episode, almost everything is a step above. Mm. You know, uh, one of the first complaints I had with episode one of Boba Fett was that uh, Mos Espa's felt empty, right? Mm. The, you know, yeah. there, there's not many creatures there. And, and when they do, it, it's like old cartoons where you can see Bugs Bunny looking mm. around. It's like, what's he looking for? Well, it's the one thing on the screen that is very clearly not part of the background, right? Because it's painted differently yeah. or Wile E. Coyote. It, it feels like that where there's only characters in Mos Espa when we need to interact with the characters. This was completely different, even from that opening scene mm. where he he's turning in the bounty and the place feels alive there yeah. there are people 
scattered throughout the entire area. The the city feels like it's lived in yeah. up <laughs> until he goes into the sewers. Then then it yeah. kind of shifts. But but it has things like that, and it's throughout the entire episode where you just feel like it's an actual world, and Boba Fett feels like it's on a set. Yeah. I was expecting Master Chief to walk in at some point because he doesn't take off his helmet either. Um, well, with they, the they have, <laughs> I mean, that would be a great amount of uh, cross promotional stuff because he does have his own show coming over yeah. on. Um, I Paramount, think it's Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. At some point, it's to me. It was this thing. It, it worked on so many levels. I love the fact of him just you know, f- learning to how to fight with the. the and I love the fact he messed up, you know, he burnt himself because he didn't know how to use it properly. And it almost like having a, a forced like element of him not knowing how to fight with it. But I also like the fact that they kind of turned the Mandos, the Mandalorians on him because obviously like you've taken your helmet off or you can't be with us anymore. You've you've broken our thing, you're out. Um, which I don't know why it's like, have you really taken your helmet off now? Well then get off. It's, it's like, well, well, why would you mention bring that up? <laughs> Well, he can't. He can't lie. You know, yeah. it, it, it'd be wrong for him to lie to them. And I appreciate that he did not lie. But they're also very clearly setting up uh, a story for season three with him going yeah. to Mandalore and and doing this pilgrimage, which will be interesting to see how it goes. And how many um, people can fit in this new ship? Uh, you can fit Grogu into the bubble. Yeah, it's like I love the idea of them bringing in this Naboo ship, modernizing it for the the Mandalorian era. But it's the most completely counterproductive and useless ship for a bounty hunter to go collect. unless there's a a storage bay that he can put people in it's like it's, he needs to be able to carry people it's his job it's, it might be fast and get him somewhere well what does he do with them when he gets <laughs> well apparently he's going to cut off their heads and carry it yeah. around in the sack and he could fit probably a couple of heads into that old astromech dome i so. did i did love it when he was like you can come in warm or you can come in cold <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it was a nice, it was a lovely callback. But yeah, yeah, when they brought out the N one uh, Naboo starfighter, I was definitely like, this is completely impractical for what he does for a living. Uh, it was cool to see, and obviously, I'm sure that uh, the toy makers will be happy that they get to bring out the old N one molds and and make some new new toys with that. Mm. Uh, at least that's what I was thinking about when they were. Yeah, it was like I was going, well, "There's a Lego set coming for me." I can see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that whole thing. I mean, there's a lot of been a lot of talk now of like maybe you know they should need to get um, what's it, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard to do one of the Star Wars movies. Everyone's going, she's proven herself with three episodes of The Mandalorian now. Of like, yeah, she's she's she'll be good there. Did you also, there's also that one scene where they did like the flashback of them destroying Mandalore that I felt just felt like something out of the Terminator. Oh, no, that was 100% Terminator. You go to the opening scene of Terminator 1 or Terminator 2, that was the Terminator. And and that's been the thing with her. You know, you know, uh, her episode from Mandalorian Season 2 like mm. uh, had tons of shots in it for, that were straight from Apollo 13, which of course yeah. makes sense because her, yeah. her dad <laughs> made Apollo 13. But it wasn't just that. The once he gets into the N one starfighter in this episode and he starts like flying it around, especially once he gets out of beggars Canyon and he's going up into space, that's straight out of movies like first man and the right stuff that, that whole flying sequence. There are tons of shots of that, which are like uh, Chuck Yeager flying in the F one Oh four in the right stuff. The movie at, you can tell she has a love of movies and she loves throwing in those little homages throughout. But it them. works. It works. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, I, I'm saying this is a good thing. She's not stealing. She's not, uh, she's not plagiarizing. She's, she's influenced. She's referencing. She's yeah. But also it's weird about having nostalgia for the clone wars mm-hmm. and them using it properly. You know, the whole thing of like using beggar, you know, doing the pod race and having the seat, the, like the scene at the exact same thing with the ramp. Yeah, you know, sense. and it was like, I'm like, well, I'm not nostalgic about the Clone Wars at all because I was that much older when it came out, and I was like, wow, they they they, they do it that worked, you know, like, and I like them connecting the dots because it's always it always felt like the two two trilogies were so far apart, you know, there wasn't because there was nothing from the original, nothing from the sort of the prequels in the original because George decided that everything had to be different sell more toys um so it always felt disconnected whereas like now disney have pretty much spent the last decade filling in the gaps (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to blend them together 
that's what the Clone Wars series was. That's what the Rebels series was. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Batch, if it continues on yeah. past the second season, will probably also continue to fill in the gaps. I mean, it, it showed the transition from the clone troopers mm-hmm. to the regular stormtroopers already. Um, but yeah, my thought was, you know, it's, it's almost too bad that the Rogue Squadron movie already has a director because that would have been a fantastic movie for her, for her mm-hmm. given the uh, the love she has of flight movies you know apollo 13 the right stuff first man all things that she's homaging and then the the terminator scene at the beginning she knows how to do how to set up a movie oh it worked perfectly it was a great scene that few seconds completely sold you know just having those droids just going through clearing the rest of them out after the bombing raids and seeing that many bombers at once as well just like thousands of them just bombing a planet i'm just so powerful um, yeah, and I, I mean, the, I love the whole thing with like them with the X wings as well. Of just like, are you going to go after them? Do you want to fill in the paperwork? No. <laughs> you know, it, it it was a it, it well, it's the best episode of the series because it's it feels it's more Mando. It just, but we will see Mando now in the next two episodes of Bo- Book of Boba Fett. So things are going to. I think we're definitely going into these last two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. We're in. You know, we're in end the game now where you know, we're going to get some action. We're going to have BK. We're going to have Mando. We're going to have Boba Fett, Fennec, all, t- all four of them. And probably, I don't know who else they might bring him to, you know, sort out this, the syndicate. Which, I yeah, I'm I'm even more excited about this week's episode because now you're like, oh, yeah, Mando's in. You know, you knew. I mean, they were hinting it last week. But this was just like, this episode, you know, when it, when it opened up and it's just, they just went all in on him. And that was great. I, I just I- loved it. I mean, hinting at him last week. I mean, we even talked about it last yeah. week. It's like hinting at might be a generous interpretation. It's like, <laughs> He's I, think I, know, I think I know where to get people. Mandalorian music. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, would be, it would be a bit like, yeah, it, it's just, it worked. But I, I love this episode. Loved it a lot. Um, yeah, best. It's, it, it, it felt like, like I said, being back, back, back with Mando was great. Just loved it. Yeah, it, the only problem with it, of course, is that it's not. It, it is completely tonally different from the rest yeah. of the series. It, the from the direction to to the art the design music, to the, the sets, the music. It, it is not a Boba Fett episode. It is Mandalorian season two point five, uh, which is what they said this was. Yes, which is what they said it was. Uh, so it's not like it was false advertising. We have to see though now that the remaining Boba Fett episodes will live up to what is set here because mm-hmm. the quality of this episode is so much higher than the other episodes we've got. If it drops back down next week, it's going to be all the more disappointing. Yeah. And it's like everyone said, it's like the, the, the best that a lot of people have also said, and I kind of agree with that, that the, the return of the Mandalorian showed all the problems with the Boba Fett series, because then you take all that away and it's like, yeah, this is what people have been moaning about. And this episode proves of why people were moaning about it. But nevertheless, so that was the Mandalorian. So we got episode six coming up this week. I'm trying to think. I think that's the main. That's the only big release of the week because obviously Pam and Tommy is going to be the big one on Wednesday everywhere. But on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Also, keep an eye out. There will be um, a special episode. It might either drop this week or the week after, um, where me, Josh, um, we get to speak with. Uh, Mary from one of the um, the biggest Bluey podcasts, and we have a full on discussion about the success of Bluey, and um, yeah, very different kind of um, topics to be talking about after Pam and Tommy this week. <laughs> so there we go. No matter what you talk about, it's going to be a tone <laughs> shift, one way or another. No matter, no matter what I talk about. Well, on that note, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you guys soon. Later. Later. I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.